0: Pittsburgh Steeler fans, welcome back to another episode of Let's Ride. It's Monday, it's Labor Day. That doesn't mean anything as it pertains to the Behind the Steel Curtain podcast platform because I'm here with you on this Monday morning. I hope you're checking me out. Maybe you're not checking me out on Labor Day. Maybe it's on Tuesday. That's okay. You can always play catch up. And with that being said, let's remind everyone that's out there listening to follow all of our platforms wherever you may listen. Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Anchor pandora itunes all you have to do is subscribe or follow and that way you don't miss anything because we provide a lot of audio content for you and honestly if you're like me yeah i'm a longtime listener of sports talk radio i remember listening to dan patrick when he was on espn radio i remember listening to mike and mike in the morning all the time um christopher mad dog russo Uh, there's a bunch of names jim rome actually listened to him for a little bit The one thing I've always hated about it, though, is they never talked about the team that I wanted to hear them talk about. If they talked about the Steelers, it would be brief because they have so much stuff to cover. You know, they're not just talking about the NFL. I mean, unless you're listening to like NFL radio on Sirius XM. And so that's why I think that for the if you're a Pittsburgh Steelers fan, I mean, you really love the Steelers and you don't want to hear anything else. You don't want to hear them talking about the Cowboys or talking about lady on bells and hamstrings with Adam Gase and the Jets. If you don't want to hear that, like, I don't want to hear that. Then you'll love this podcast platform period, because that's all you're going to get. And you're going to get multiple shows. So it's not even like some podcast channels out there that give you, we're going to give you one show every Monday through Friday. Well, that's great. What am I going to do with the rest of my time? If you have a commute to work and a commute home, once you listen to that other person's show once, then you have nothing on the way home. We're going to give you something for the morning, something for the afternoon, and during the season, something else, even in the evening, we're not going to leave you high and dry. And so this episode is Let's Ride. This show is Let's Ride, I should say. and It is Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Every morning, Dave uses it about 5 a.m. And it's just me talking about the Steelers. So buckle up, baby. Let's ride. This is an exciting episode for me. I am really excited for this upcoming season. I have been, you've heard me talk about that for the last month plus, but after the Steelers cut their roster down from 80 to 53 on Saturday, and I'm really frustrated and really angry. I didn't get to do the podcast with Brian Anthony Davis and Dave Schofield, but I actually had an adult softball tournament was in the championship. We lost. I don't want to talk about that either. Got beat twice to lose. Anyways. Um, I wanted to do that show with him, and I wasn't able to. So I was like, yeah, I'm just going to talk about this stuff on my Let's Ride on Monday. But man, the, the the more stuff that happens, and on Sunday, news was breaking, news was breaking, boom, 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 it was rapid fire right around noon. And it, it was bringing back some old faces, getting rid of some th- players. All I kept thinking about was, man, the Steelers are putting themselves in the perfect position heading into week one. I mean, perfect position. I I, am I honestly can't think of a better position that a team could be in right now. And we have a couple bullet points here, and I'm going to talk about a lot of different things throughout the show. But the one thing that has nothing to do with transactions, has nothing to do with acquiring players, waiver claims, or anything like that, is the fact that the Pittsburgh Steelers... Are a really healthy team heading into the 2020 regular season. The one of the biggest concerns that the NFL had, I'm sure. It's, I'm, let me rephrase: that the NFLPA, the Players Association, had was their concern about players getting acclimated to football again. They were concerned about it. They're like, look, our players want to play, but they also want to be safe, and they also want to make sure that they're not going to go out there and get hurt right away. And I get it. I understand all of that. And so the Steelers went through the process. They changed their location for training camp. They, you know, virtual stuff as much as possible. They had players in the concourse of Heinz Field working out. They did all the protocols and they, they are a healthy team. You've seen reports and news from other teams about players that have been lost for the year, lost for weeks, lost for months. And the Pittsburgh Steelers have none of those. Heading into week one. Now, I don't want anyone to think when they hear this that, wow, they they don't have any injuries. Now, they do have injuries. Okay. David DeCastro, he did not, was not able to finish training camp due to a lower body injury. What is the injury? We don't know. Why? They don't have to tell us in the preseason. But he was lost due to injury. Mike Tomlin has been kind of on both sides of the fence of this DeCastro injury. There's part of him that says, I think it's just short term. He'll be back with us as soon as possible. But then the last time we heard from Tomlin, he said, We're not sure. We'll see what next week brings. They have an extra day from playing week one uh, in a Monday Night Football. So they're going to have an extra work week and extra practice that week. So it's not like they're completely healthy because David DeCastro is a big part of that offensive line and he's not right at least not right now. So, could they could he miss week 1? He could. He absolutely could. But I don't want anyone to think that David DeCastro doesn't have a torn ACL. David DeCastro didn't bust up his Achilles. He didn't ha- he doesn't have a shoulder separation or a torn labrum that means that he's going to miss the season or half of it. Whatever the injury is, DeCastro is going to be back. Chris Wormley's another guy trade acquisition. He's had a shoulder injury. He was working his way back then at the end of training camp. It doesn't sound like he has another. It's not a serious injury. So one of the biggest concerns that I had for the Steelers coming into the season was: can they stay healthy? Can they avoid having that really that that injury bug hitting them before games even started? And some of these injuries I don't want to downplay like DeCastro or Wormley's injuries cuz some of these injuries can certainly linger. I will never forget it might have been the 2015 season if not 15 2016 when Mike Mitchell, the former safety, he had a groin injury in training camp. And I remember writing on behindthesteelcurtain.com about how this injury could linger. And people literally in the comments of the article said you're nuts. You don't know what you're talking about. There's no way. Well, what ended up happening? His injury lingered. It lingered so much so that it bothered him the entire season, and he had to have surgery on it in the offseason. So again, I'm not downplaying whatever injury is ailing David DeCastro because it could be something that lingers. But if the Steelers are smart about it, they don't necessarily push him back too soon. If he has to sit week one and they have to play Uh, Stefan Wisniewski at guard, I think they'll be okay. I think that that's one of the reasons you went out and got Stefan Wisniewski in free agency is in case something happens along the interior of that line and all of a sudden now you have to move some pieces around. So I think they're equipped. If David DeCastro has to miss a week or two, they can handle that as long as he's right when he comes back. But at the same time, he could be fine. He could be fine and start week one. And if he is fine and he starts week one, that means that the Steelers starters are all healthy heading into the first week. What else can you ask? What else can you ask for when it comes to this team, any NFL team? In that in that regard, you just want to be healthy. You just want them to to, to stay healthy. So that's the first and four, that's the biggest thing for me. The biggest thing. I hated, always hated, the preseason injuries, and you always saw it. And it's a part of the game. And there's going to be injuries when Week One rolls around. But my gosh, when you had those players that got hurt, especially if they were starters, uh, an offensive lineman gets rolled up on, it was heart-wrenching to watch because the game was pointless. Well, they didn't have any preseason games this year. So we'll see how it goes. But so far, so good from a health standpoint. Next, you look at the players that were cut. Okay, so they made some tough cuts. They really did. The Steelers do not like to cut drafted players. They don't. They never have. They never will. And in the 2020 NFL draft, they took only six. And so when they cut Antoine Brooks Jr., boy, you're saying we swung and missed on this one. Now, let me also say that a six-round pick not making the team is not a huge deal for me. Sixth and seventh-round picks are basically, I think it was Dave Schofield that called it, sixth and seventh-round picks are like project picks. In other words, you hope they do well, you hope they pan out, but if they don't turn into anything, it's not the end of the world. His theory, and I agree with this, if it's a fifth, fourth or fifth round pick or earlier, you expect that player to not only make the team, but eventually to be a player that contributes in some way, shape, or form. Sixth or seventh round guys. Not so much. And I know that everyone says, well, you know, Tom Brady was a six-round pick and Antonio Brown was a six-round pick. I get it, but those are two players. Two players. For every Antonio Brown and Tom Brady, there's been a Colin Holba, who was drafted in 2016, I think, from Louisville, a long snapper, who didn't even make the team. What a waste of a pick. But again, those late-round picks. But so, like, Antoine Brooks doesn't make the team. Yeah, that's that's kind of a damning shot at the the draft process and who they took. I'm sure they're going to try to get him on the practice squad, and if so, he could be labeled as a project that stays within the organization, but he didn't make the 53. But there were some surprises too. Surprises that I wasn't that upset about. Let Let me say that right away. I wasn't that upset that they cut Dan McCullers. Why? Because Daniel McCullers has been given every opportunity and then some to prove himself, and he hasn't. He never has. He's someone that really has all the potential in the world to be an absolute wrecking ball, a force when it comes to defensive line, and he just never really took the ball and ran with it, no pun intended. He's a huge mammoth of a man, yet for some reason just could never get the job done. He lost a lot of weight, did a lot of work in the offseason, clearly wasn't enough Now the Steelers are supposed to, this this is, by the time you're hearing this, it's probably already, it's already happened. But at the time of this being recorded, McCullers was rumored to be going to the Steelers practice squad, but it hasn't been made official because remember, they're allowed to take so many veterans on their practice squad, uh, this season with it expanding to 16 players during this COVID season. They also cut Ryan Switzer. And I know a lot of fans were like, I can't believe they cut Ryan Switzer. But the question that I asked all the fans was, why do you question why they cut Ryan Switzer? He's never really performed that well when he's been since he's been with the Steelers. I think he might have had one touchdown. He's never really shown a lot of 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 splash on returns, uh, whether it's a kick return or a punt return. He's been injured during his time with the Steelers. The biggest reason, and everyone says it, and they're very adamant and open about it, is the Pittsburgh Steelers like Switzer because Ben Roethlisberger likes Switzer. That's exactly what the fans say. I'm telling what I'm saying. That's what the fans say. And I'm a fan. But I'm also, at least, I feel like I'm objective enough to know that Ryan Switzer was brought in to hopefully be a slot, cor- a slot receiver and a return man. The problem is, is that he didn't offer as much as they thought in the slot. And his return skills were basically back there just to fair catch the ball. When you see Deontay Johnson take a punt in Arizona last year and take it to the house, you're asking yourself, why would we ever put Ryan Switzer back there again? And when you draft, or I'm sorry, not with draft, when you pick up a Ray-Ray McLeod, who basically is the same build, if not faster than Ryan Switzer, and you're putting him on the field and you're seeing him return kicks, return punts, play from the slot, have a lot of speed, a lot of burst. You're saying to yourself, why do we need Ryan Switzer again? I understand that Ben Roethlisberger has an immense amount of, we'll say, we'll call it, he has an immense amount of pool within the organization. But he's not the one signing the checks. He's not the one making the draft picks. I get it that a lot of people say that Ben is too much. He's too much of the offense in terms of the coordinating, and Randy Feetner is just a figurehead because number seven is the real offensive coordinator. This proves to me that although Roethlisberger has some say, I'm sure in who they keep and who they let go, he doesn't have the final say, and that's the way it should be. That's the way it should be. But when the Steelers made their cuts, I thought they, I thought that the moves they made were smart. They were very smart. They're very calculated. They are definitely trying to hide some players uh, before they actually can move them over on the waiver wire. They're hoping that other teams kind of settle things down and then they'll slide, try to slip some players through and get them on the practice squad. This is what happens in the National Football League. It's it's going to be the same in 2020, the same as it was every year prior, even though the, the expanded practice squad allows them to have more players signed. So the Steelers' cuts... Yeah, I thought that they were good. I, I, I'm not complaining about anything. Someone might, want this, might say, well, why did they keep this player? Why did they keep that player? What are we talking about? You know, what are we really arguing about? This is one of the biggest days of our website this weekend. It just is. It's just like the NFL draft. And then when they cut rosters down, those are the two largest weekends of the year for sports websites. And there's a reason why. For instance, the draft, everyone's hopeful. Everyone feels like they're, you know, everyone's ready to go. Everyone's zero and zero. And the next pick that they make is going to be the best pick. And then in, when it comes to cut downs, there's always those camp darlings It hasn't been the same this year, but at the same time, there's always those camp darlings and who's going to make the team. And there's always these arguments about, oh, they should have kept him or they should have kept him and gotten rid of him. What are we talking about? We're talking about fringe players. We're talking about the third and fourth string players on a depth chart. So maybe it's not as dire as everyone thinks. But nonetheless, it's still important. So there you have it. In the first segment, we went over the health of the team is, I think, is outstanding. And I like the cuts that they made. When we come back after this break, we'll be talking about some additions that they made. Stay with us. All right, Pittsburgh Steelers fans, Jeff Hartman here back with the second segment of Let's Ride. That's right. Your Monday, Wednesday, Friday a.m. podcast here on Behind the Steel Curtains podcast platform. And we're talking about why the Pittsburgh Steelers are in perfect position entering week one. I mean, perfect position. So even though the cuts were made and they're a healthy group, there's always still some glaring issues. Okay. One of them I would say there's three positions that people, people, and I mean fans, were saying, "Oh my gosh! Like this, the depth here is awful. The depth is just atrocious." One of them would be quarterback. One of them would be inside linebacker. One of them would be safety. And I would agree with all of them. I would agree with all of them. So let's start with quarterback. So the quarterback depth chart after the Steelers made their cuts was Ben Roethlisberger, Mason Rudolph, and Devlin Hodges. Devlin Hodges actually made the 53-man roster. Paxton Lynch, gone. See ya. He was no good anyways. See you later. That's fine. But then all of a sudden, Joshua Dobbs down in Jacksonville, he gets released. And you could basically, through the in the interwebs, it's like the Steelers' ears perked up. They're like, what is it, What? a really smart guy, athletic, and knows our offense, can come back? Yes, and they did. So the Steelers put in a waiver claim for Joshua Dobbs. They win that waiver claim. Dobbs comes back, and and, uh, Devlin Hodges is gone. He's released. Now, they're going to try to bring Hodges back on the practice squad. He would be smart to come back on the practice squad, but he might want to sign somewhere else, and that's always an option. That's a risk that you take when you make this type of move. But I like this move for a lot of reasons. First, Dobbs is an extremely intelligent player. He's going to remember the offense. He's going to know the offense. He's not going to be asked to be the second string guy. That's Rudolph. That's been decided. That's been solidified. You like him or not, that's the way it is. But what Dobbs can do is he's going to provide, you know, you think about if you get down to that third string quarterback, like last year when you get back to the when Devlin Hodges got got thrown into the game when Mason Rudolph went down in week 5 you have a situation where you're like okay what's this guy going to bring well he quick quick release smart guy but really doesn't have the tangibles you know he doesn't have the the speed the elusiveness Dobbs at least has the legs he can run with the ball he has a big arm not as accurate but I think that Joshua Dobbs coming back gives them an insurance policy and a really legitimate insurance policy. And He hasn't started as much as even Devlin Hodges has, but I think that his skill level, his smarts, and not to mention, if he's a third string quarterback, he's going to be the guy that is going to be acting like the opposing quarterback in practice. Well, guess who he will do a great job emulating twice a year? Yeah, Lamar Jackson. Don't think that that doesn't play a role here. Don't think that that doesn't play a role. So I like Joshua Dobbs coming back. It wasn't a huge deal. If they would have stuck with Hodges and Dobbs would have signed up somewhere else, it wouldn't have been the end of the world. But at the same time, I look at it and say, I think that this is an upgrade. And that's what you want to have are these upgrades. Then you go to inside linebacker. The Steelers did not make a move at inside linebacker. And I was surprised. Now, maybe, just maybe, they make another move before this publishes I'm recording this, it's a holiday weekend. I'm recording it on Sunday, and it's going to run on Monday morning. But at the moment of this being recorded, they have not made any additions at Inside Linebacker. and I scratched my head. you know I was speaking with via our slack channel on our uh, for our staff with uh, Jeffrey Benedict, who's on Wednesday nights on the uh, well, which will be Know Your Enemy, the new podcast previewing the upcoming game for the Steelers. And he made it seem like he, he doesn't he doesn't mind. The Steelers inside linebacker depth. There's not a lot of players, but he likes the players that are there. He feels like Spillane is an upgrade over Tyler Matikavich. He thinks that UG three, although he'll be handled with kid gloves early, uh, will possibly be the guy that fills that Mark Barron role. This was a surprise to me because I've always looked at this as a man of Devin Bush or Vince Williams go down. The Steelers are in trouble, but maybe they're not. Maybe they're not. But I still thought that there was a chance they make a run at an inside linebacker that got released. It could be just quality depth, but it just doesn't seem like it's going to happen, at least not yet anyways. But at the safety position, this is where they made a move that I absolutely loved, that I thought was unbelievably genius. So the Washington football team who had signed Sean Davis, who was drafted out of Maryland, they released him. Said, thanks, but no thanks. We made a mistake. We don't want your services anymore. And again, through the interwebs and the Steelers ears, but perked up. Hey, this guy could help us. This guy could be an upgrade. And so what do they do? They sign him. They bring him back. And you might be thinking, and I got like a person on Twitter. I tweeted out how I love this move. And someone said, oh, he's always hurt. He's not any good. And I, I get it. I get how that's a common narrative around Sean Davis. But the one thing, and I said this to the person on Twitter, the one thing you have to understand is that Sean Davis has never been just a backup or sub package player. They don't need Sean Davis to start unless there's an injury. I wouldn't say that Sean Davis should start over Terrell Edmonds. And I know there's people out there that might be listening to that saying, Jeff has lost his mind. Terrell Edmonds isn't that good. Terrell Edmonds at his position, I like him there better than Sean Davis there. Minka Fitzpatrick, we know he is who he is and why they traded a first round pick for him. No one's saying that he should ever leave his position. But a lot of people might think that Sean Davis should supplant Terrell Edmonds. No, Sean Davis is a player that I think gives the defense ridiculous versatility. I mean, think about it. Sean Davis could come in and be that Mark Barron type. He can play down in the box, or if they want to take Terrell Edmonds and move him down to the box to cover tight ends, Davis could then go back and play the strong safety position. He knows both positions. He's played both positions, and he's even played the slot role as a rookie when the Steelers drafted him. Now, you have to wonder, well, what does this mean for Cam Sutton? what, what What does this mean for Sutton in terms of the dime? He's normally their dime backer. I think that, again, versatility is what this gives the Steelers defense. They can throw Davis out there when they think it's going to be basically a run heavy grouping that they're seeing. Think about the Ravens and how much they run. Cam Sutton's great in coverage. He's great in open space, not necessarily the greatest tackler. Maybe that's not his M.O. for being super physical. Sean Davis can hit. Sean Davis can run. He's a sideline to sideline player when he's healthy. So I think that Sean Davis coming back not only gives them an unbelievable insurance policy. So if Minka Fitzpatrick goes down, and let's all hope that does not happen, but if he does, they have someone that's played that position that can go in and get the job done. Is it an equal step? No, of course not. Minka Fitzpatrick was an all-pro. No one is suggesting that Sean Davis is going to come in and be an all-pro. None. No one's saying that. But if he goes down, they have someone that has experience and knows the position and knows the defense. It's the same thing for Terrell Edmonds. Edmonds has been an Iron Man for the Steelers since he's been drafted, but he's also battled a little bit of a knee injury during training camp. If that flares up, Sean Davis goes in, and all of a sudden that acquisition makes a ton of sense. So the Pittsburgh Steelers absolutely played their cards right. They got lucky. Plain and simple, they got lucky. Because they were expected to go into this season and you looked at who they were carrying at safety and you're thinking, oh my gosh, are are the Steelers really, if there's an injury at the position, are they really going to put Jordan Dangerfield out there? I love Jordan Dangerfield, but he's not a starting caliber safety. Never has been, probably never will be. That's not a cut on him. That's just reality. But Sean Davis is that type of player. So people might say, well, why did he not stick with Washington? And that's a very justifiable question. Why did it not work out in Washington? And my only answer is it could be a scheme issue. Maybe it's a health issue. But the one thing the Steelers are not going to ask Sean Davis to do is to start unless there's an injury, in which case we can all say the same thing. We hope we never have to deal with that. But Sean Davis can still give the Steelers something without being a starter. Versatility in depth. That's what he brings to the team. That's what I'm excited about. That's what everyone should be excited about. And another reason why they're in perfect position heading into week one. So you think about the players they acquired. It adds that depth that they have needed at so many different positions. And let's also remember that Sean Davis coming back and playing the box or that Mark Barron role could essentially allow, give them a boost at inside linebacker. Because a lot of times they play that those sub packages where some of the linebackers come off, he could be a guy that could actually help in that role. Maybe he's a guy that drops down and Vince Williams comes off. He fills that spot in coverage. That's a possibility. Terrell Edmonds could do that. And then Davis could play in the deep half. Those are all possibilities for the Steelers. Again, loved it. Love those moves. Perfect position. And it all boils down to the Steelers, in my opinion, are ready for week one. They're ready. I think they're as ready as they're ever going to be, and I think they're as ready as any team in the National Football League. Everyone in their, everyone their brother is talking about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Tom Brady being down there in Tampa and how they've, you know, they got Leonard Fournette and they're signing everyone and it's so good and Gronk and the Brady reunion. Let's not forget that Tom Brady has never played a snap outside of New England. That's going to matter. It's going to matter in a lot of ways. Yes, Brady's been working hard and he's been working out with his teammates. But if you think that it's just going to be like this crazy cycle and this crazy formula that's just going to naturally flow, it's going to take some time. I mean, Brady's great and he's going to have his team prepared, but it's going to take some time for them to gel. The Steelers, on the other hand, I feel like have an edge up on teams like that. Roethlisberger might have missed a lot of last year, but he is the guy that they know and trust. And he is going to have to work hard to get a good relationship with his receivers, especially new players. He only threw passes to Deontay Johnson in the preseason and in a week and a half, not even that a football last year, Eric Ebron has never caught a pass from Ben Roethlisberger. James Washington has hardly developed a connection with Ben Roethlisberger. Chase Claypool basically is at the same stage with Deontay Johnson because all he's had is this training camp so far. So, The Steelers are going to have to, if they're going to be the offense that everyone thinks they can be with Roethlisberger, it's going to come down to how he meshes with these new pieces of the puzzle. If he can mesh well with them, I think the sky's the limit. But it's going to be work, but they're in position to succeed in week one. And the defense, my gosh, I mean, they're bringing everybody back. Besides Mark Barron and Javon Hargrave, this is basically the same exact defense as last year. I don't think this defense is going to get any worse. If anything, they're going to get better. And they're going to be good from week one because they are already good. And you're throwing a whole year together underneath their belts. So Minka Fitzpatrick, he's already had a whole season basically in an off season now to get used and comfortable to playing with Terrell Edmonds. He's gotten used to the system. He knows where he's supposed to be. It's second nature for him now. Steven Nelson's going into year two. Joe Hayden another year. Devin Bush is going from a rookie to second year. That's a huge experience jump for him. Stefan to it comes back. This defense is going to be legit from day one. I love what Minka Fitzpatrick said. The only time teams screw on us is when we make a mistake, not when they beat us. Well, the question is, is how can they limit their mistakes? I think they will. I think they will. This team is ready. This team is ready. All they have to do is the most difficult part. And let's go out and execute. I think this team is more than ready. They're healthy. They've, Their 53-man roster, I like the way it looks. The acquisitions they made this weekend were, I think, very intelligent and increased their roster from an experience standpoint as well as from just giving them more versatility. They're ready. And you should be ready. The fans should be ready. And there's no better place to get you ready for that upcoming game on Monday Night Football, the early game on the doubleheader, than with BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. It should be your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers. And by the way, if, you, if you're if you still listening, make sure you sign up for our Survivor League. We're giving away a free Marquise Pouncey autographed football. I mean, that's pretty sweet. And so it costs you nothing. All you have to do is win our Survivor League. Go to BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. On the top eight of those squares, you'll see two black ones at the very bottom of those top eight. On the right, it should say, Mar- Win a Marquise Pouncey Football. Go in there, find the details, sign up, sign up because it's fun. I'm in it. Dave's in it. Brian, Anthony Davis, we're all in it. It's good for banter. It's good to just have some fun. And if you win it, it's pretty cool that you win a Marquise Pouncy autograph football. I really don't care if I win it, but I hope that someone out there does, that's going to put it in their man cave or put it in their she shed. And they're going to say, look at that. I won that. I won that. And That's awesome. Make sure that you follow us on all of our podcast platforms. Again, that's Spotify, Anchor, Stitcher iTunes, Google Play, Pandora, wherever you can find your podcast, you'll find us there. Follow us, subscribe. leave a If you listen on iTunes, leave a five-star rating and leave us a good comment. We read all our new comments every Thursday night on the Steelers preview. I thank you for listening. It's Labor Day. Have a great holiday, everyone. We'll see you Wednesday as we start to preview the first week of football. Get jacked up. I know I am. We'll see you next time. In the meantime, be safe, be kind. God bless.